0: hello everyone <laughs> holy jeez what a what a way to start a show okay so a I just showed paraphernalia uh, have fun looking at that you can rewind and find the paraphernalia and and put put it in the comments hey I saw uh, so good luck congratulations uh, good job on that um, secondly I wasn't sure if I was gonna do the show. Today, and we still, it's, it may turn out that I should not do the show. I'm not muted right now, though, right? There's the sound. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the text, James York. Uh, it's been a while since I'm muted. It's been a while since I've, since I've had those kinds of uh, issues. But, anyway. So, uh, today is episode 369. And as some of you know... Uh, I've had that moniker for a long time and it's certainly not, I didn't invent it. I didn't invent numbers. I invented 44, but I don't like to take credit for that. Uh, it turned out it was never taken. And so I planted my flag when I was nine years old on the number four. Uh, it was really quite a surprise. Those of you born after me that tried to clean 44, I'm sorry. I I, uh. I would imagine most whole numbers are gone now, but there's a, there's a decimal number out there for you that you get to, to pull it up and claim it and say, this is my number, five. right? You could do that. You could plant that flag, which is part of what the topic is today part of what the topic is today. I'm going to tell you guys that the slideshow today is not going to be uh, very put together. Uh, It's going to have a lot of mishmash, and I'm sorry about that. I would have preferred to have prepped this show for another couple of days before I I brought it to you, and I'm about to tell you why I'm not. I'm making an excuse for why uh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And you let me know in the comments what you think. Here's, here's the excuse, okay? A few weeks ago, we concluded the series on Adam and Eve, Adam the Chimera, Aedum. And I feel uh, so strongly about that content that it needs to be in a book. And I've been trying to uh, create this book to complete this book. And I'll tell you what I did. The first thing I did is I started it out as a sci-fi, a sequel to Quantum Rapture. And uh, I noticed that there was some challenges with doing it that way. When you put something in the fashion of a sci-fi and then you're trying to, to just show the math. Uh, because really what, what the work is on Adam and Eve is really more about just the footprint math. Uh, it felt like it was taking away from it. Additionally, inside the sci-fi, when I was trying to just explain the biblical references and things like that, it just, it just didn't work. So I, I started to write it as a sort of a straight piece, like a James True column. Those of you who, who may be aware, uh, what got me here on the live stream was my column. And uh, I wrote for a long time before uh, I started doing video and I still do write. And, uh, anyway, um, I, I think I'm, I'm back and forth on how to write this thing, which is kind of slowing me down because I really don't want to write two books, although I will and probably am. Uh, it's happened before, as you're about to see with my slideshows, it doesn't really bother me that I have stuff written down that I don't show you. Uh, in fact, When I pulled up my notes for Quantum Rapture, my sci-fi, I had 30,000 words of just not published. Not only was it not published, but it was savable. Put it that way. So really it was more like probably 50,000. I'm not trying to say that the quantity of words uh, is important. But I do want you to know that the amount of words that you do not share is just as crucial as the amount of words that you do. And I don't know why Ayn Rand... Put out Fountainhead first, probably the most profound novel ever written, and then, and and literally within three seconds, had the entire idea uh, melded into your soul quickly uh, with with very few paragraphs, and then Atlas Shrugged comes out, and it's just like this, you know, this tomb, this tome of. of talk. You'd think it'd be the other way, but it's not. It's eleven eleven. It's very important right now that you recognize that because it's uh it's important in reference to what we're talking about today. I'm talking about torque. And I'm gonna stop talking about the book and we're gonna talk about Torque now. But I would have preferred if if the slideshow I'm about to show you would have actually been complete. And uh, oh this is why I need to tell you this. And so if I would have done that, I would have spent weekend the weekend on it. Uh, which I spend a lot of weekends on my shows. That's not a complaint. I I find the research fascinating. But uh, none of that time is going to be spent working on the book. It's going to be working on this new episode. And so what I want to do is get the book out. And I want to get it out before Rose 777 has invited me on Crow in November. And it's a personal challenge of mine to have this Adam and Eve book ready for that show because that show is about this topic right um, And really it's it would be about condensing eight live streams that were all pretty pretty detailed research they took a couple weeks in and of themselves but like just kind of putting that down on on paper and it, it just it just takes a while. I might have had this episode ready yesterday but I had man, what a great time on Alpha Vedic. I've been wanting to be on that show for a while and Alpha Vedic was uh gracious enough to invite me on and I uh, accepted that invitation and yesterday I appeared on alphavedic and you can check that out um and uh, it is kind of part of what we're we're talking about today that link is going to be let's see your channel community hi ml good to see you hey ml I get this anyway uh uh here it is alphabetic link uh, copy link address i'm gonna come over here and we're gonna put it in here there's the restream link and rockies here's this uh here's that here's that link for you there mad moth good morning good morning but yeah it was a, it was a great talk and uh um uh part of the reason why I, I, I didn't have this ready is because time is thin. <laughs> time is thin. And it's profound because 369, some of you even mentioned in the comments, they're like, hey, no pressure, 369 coming up. And I'm like, yeah, no. I've been feeling the exact same thing. I've been feeling this for months. I've been like, you're going to do an episode on Tesla, James. You're going to do the greatest episode on Tesla that's ever been conceived, James Trill. And, and as I'm doing this, I'm anointing myself in oil as I'm standing on top of the toilet, you know? I'm I'm uh, referencing Morgaine and uh, Merlin's Morgaine and uh, what was her son's name? Uh, the, the weird scene where she's like coating him in uh, magic invincibility juice. That was a creepy scene, wasn't it? But uh, uh, this... Uh, uh, that, that scene was so creepy, it totally just lost my <laughs> I lost my train of thought over how creepy that scene was. It was a really creepy scene. And it's actually, there's a lot of torque of belief in there too. Oh yeah, the greatest uh, episode ever made on, on Nikola Tesla. And have you ever understood the mechanism of 369 is the secret of the universe? I've looked everywhere, all over, for that quote. And I can't find it. I can't find it. I can find it on Goodreads. I can find it on uh, T-shirts and bumper stickers. I can find it in Spencer's. If you go to the back of Spencer's, all the glow-in-the-dark stuff, there's a glow-in-the-dark poster of, of Tesla, and he's just kind of like... He's holding this like crystal of power, right? And he's just like, oh, If you only understood... The secrets of glow-in-the-dark paint. You two could have a poster in, in the back of Spencer's, right? And I can't find that quote. It doesn't mean that that I, I don't still dig on Tesla, but but what it does do is just bring me right back into the technology of belief. I almost called this episode the technology of belief, but I think we've already got I mean, I got a book named that, so it's kind of like, come on, James, come up with something. <laughs> And so I figured torque is actually better. I was kind of thinking that maybe we'd discuss this on Alphabetic yesterday, but we had so much to talk about on Alphabetic that that we never uh, got around to it. So uh, I think it's in a book on Tesla I own. Uh, Steve, find me the quote where Tesla says that and give me the reference to when because I need to find that. But I got to tell you, it's not there. When I say that, I don't say that lightly. I've spent years, uh, anytime I find, I don't find stuff that other people have written about Tesla. I find things when Tesla's talking, and I've copied all those, and I have all the text, and I can search through them, and it's not, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I definitely understood he had a fascination with the number three. In fact, if you look at my thumbnail, I think you'll see that 369 is actually incorporated into three because the ASL, the actual sign language itself, uh, oh, I can show you that right now. Uh, technology, look at that. There's three threes right there. And yet those three threes symbolize three, six, nine. They symbolize that, right? I was going to tell you about his the book on natural philosophy that he's reading. That uh, that book itself was pretty cool because it was really pushing zetetics. The book in his hand. See, this is what happens when I haven't prepared the slide. It looks like this. It's like notes on top of notes on top of notes. But I, I luckily, I remember this one. But uh, uh, that book is on Zetetics. It's actually a book about using personal uh, sensory experiences to absorb your world. Have I offended anyone by saying Tesla didn't say 369, by the way? I asked that because. I think that it's possible that I have, and I think the reason why it's possible that I have is directly related to the subject of this show, believe it or not. I'm talking about torque here. I'm talking about torque, right? That that the torque itself is is uh, congruent to the number, and yay, I'm here to preach to you one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode, one of the reasons why I kind of want you to kind of be like, oh, James True saying Tesla didn't say 369. I want you to feel that loss because I want you to put your posture. You have so much more magical torque than Tesla. You do. You have so much more. Tesla was drinking warm milk, man. Dude was drinking warm milk telling stories. You are a profound individual in this time right now. I'm not bashing Tesla. I'm telling you that you are giving too much of your energy to Tesla and attributing 369 to them is part of that. That's your number. That's not Tesla's number. This is the torque. Do you, should you castigate Tesla from your magical altar? Of course not. Of course not. I need Tesla. You need Tesla in that altar. You need him inside that magic circle for torque. But I need you to rewire where you think all this magic is coming from because I see a repeated pattern like 369 harmonizing through the universe of person after person after person, saying, The magic is in this pen. No, the magic is in this holder. No, no, the magic is in this coaster. No, 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 the magic is in the liquid that's inside this this styrofoam cup. No, it's in the phone itself. It's No, it's not. It's in the symbolism of the owl on the mug. There's all the magic. No, 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 James. No. No, the magic is in the name of the Lord, and we will open the name of the L- Yeah, right. <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Whoa, excuse me. Wait a minute. Ah, uh, <coughs> yeah. I gotta be careful on my torquing of magic away. We do this in medicine. We do this in science. We do this in magic. We do this in psychology. We like to offload the source of our magic and and put it into something else to tangibly say, no, it's it's something else. But I've discovered what it is. And so our quest for magic becomes this quest for a holy grail that exists outside of our body, a physical object that we've never seen, we've never touched, but it's out there. And you end up creating an entire religion where one guy says he found it, but, oh, I can't show it to you. So I found it, but if I show it to you, then uh, the angel Gabriel said that it will make it disappear. And in fact, Gabriel said that you can try and look at it, but every time you do, it disappears. See, I'm holding it in my hand right now. Oh, you can't see it? Well, duh. Try not to look. Oh, look, it's there. I know you weren't looking, but it's there now. That man who's telling you that story that you don't know is true or not, right? Because aesthetically, you can't prove it. He's explaining to you that something's there that will literally disappear every time you see it, but not when he sees it. So aesthetically, he's locked you out of the room, the center, where that, where that piece is. And now he's got you believing that he holds magical powers bequeathed by this amulet that disappears every time you leave it. He's leveraging your torque of belief, not his own your torque this is one of the most fundamental practices of healing of medicine and of magic is the utilization and uh economy of torque and most of humanity releases their torque by giving it to someone else and tesla is one of those people we wait for people to die and then we decide they're a genius and tesla is a genius It doesn't change the fact that this is what we do. We wait till someone dies and we decide, you know, that guy was really brilliant. Yeah, I knew him before him. Other people knew his work. I was reading it way before then. That veneration is us twerking off the belief that everyone else just gave him. Do you understand? ML King, Martin Luther King. I've never seen so much. You want to hear about twerking? Think about twerking, right? Twerk and twerk. There's a word. There's a word. Twerk and twerp, that's twerking, right? People were twerking over how much they knew ML King right before he died. Yeah, right before he died, he called me and said, Hey, John, I just got so much respect for you, man. Ugh, and he died. And it was just like, Oh, man, that was his last words. Telling everybody how much respect he had for me. That's living off the twerk. And we do that for everything, everything. Don't you think I'm not talking about drugs and pharmaceuticals? Don't you think for a minute I'm not talking about that? Did anyone find the paraphernalia that was on the, the table? I'm figured if I get out in front of it and I just talk about it, it won't be like this secret thing that's like, oh, there it is. Oh, there's some paraphernalia. And we saw it in the live stream. And James didn't say a word because he was just trying to, like, pretend like it didn't happen. No, it happened. It happened we all know what happened so how do you torque off this belief how do you know that hey whoa oh my goodness that's you're not supposed to ever see that that's a secret sorry I just hit the wrong button with my mouse yeah I'm working on a Thursday intro that's right you didn't expect that did you look at that look a whole new intro it's happening and you guys didn't even you didn't know I was working on this you didn't know you had no idea I had no idea. That's right. No, I just gave it away. See, I let out, I released a little bit of the magic of that because uh, uh, this is how you get out in front of things, man. You just got to be honest with it. Oh, the slide's still on. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to pull a show out of all this, guys. I swear. Here it comes. There's something profound about threes. The Venn diagram is really cool because the Venn diagram actually shows you how this works. I, 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 I'm showing you a three-dimensional Venn diagram. I'm talking about the red, green, and blue circles, the rings here in the top center. And what the Venn diagram doing is just distributing something third. You'll notice that the way the, Vin, the rings are attached to each other, it's physically impossible for, for the, the rings to break apart. They are fused together in a special kind of chemical bond. And if you see this in a Venn diagram where all of a sudden you have a third thing that occurs. The center is its own thing. It's its third thing. It's this extra, <clears throat> extra existence. Most of your brain, when you I've been trying to learn as much as I can about the anatomy of the brain. It's actually remarkably hard, in my opinion. Not only is there anatomy, but when you start to learn the functions of the brain, you start to realize that most of the brain that we talk about is intangible. <laughs> you're, you're talking about structures in the brain. You're using the word structure, but it doesn't actually pertain to a physical piece of it, right? It's a constructure. Is really probably the better way to say it. But who am I to tell these people how to name their brain parts, right? Who am I to say? But this constructure bears no tangible footing. It is a a uh, life form built upon the complexities of other life forms that have been somehow fused or locked together. And this boromine ring that you see here on the right is a chemical bond, a triatomic molecule, triatomic molecule, a trimer that proves this concept in our world. That most of the reality that we are seeing around us is not actually built on building blocks. It's built on a harmonescent, I know, a harmonescent construction, uh, a meta-construction. The way that your neurons fire is certainly important. The potassium and the sodium that goes into the exchange is important. But it doesn't actually get to the essence of who and what you think you are until you look at the uh, meta-neurological algorithms. Yeah, algorithms that are at work. And computers have taught us this since 1971. They've been teaching us this idea that, hey, do you understand that most of what I do is intangible? That's what the computer says. Most of the essence of who and what I am is intangible. Now you can argue, well, I could put it on a zip drive and then it's not tangible, but it's actually not. Because the zip drive doesn't actually have the answer, the solution to that. It has a compound, which you if you insert into another thermodynamic equation, say a hard drive. What is a hard drive? But a silicon solution. Right? That when you when you dip code into a computer, you were dipping that piece. You are dipping that, that piece of software right, into the chemical solution that is the computer and releasing the agent. This is the library of Prometheus. It's a USB library that has everything that I've ever said or written or wrote. You can buy this on my website. I'm not trying to make a sale out of this. But the point is, is that this is a chemical injection it's inserted into a chemical mixture namely your computer and hallucinations come out auditory and visual hallucinations not only do they come out they are reliable you can put this chemical solution in any other chemical vat and the same thing will come out the exact same thing will come out <coughs> that actually <laughs> excuse me that actually is a definition of reality Oh, come on. You're going to let me get past the slide there? Let's see. Now, when we come to 369. Oh, this note's for later. Ignore the FDA note. But when we come to 369, we all these profound things are there. Uh, if, you, if you put the trinity on any number, right, you get 369. Three ones comes out to a three. Three twos comes out to a six. Three threes come out to a nine. Four fours come out to a three. Three fives come out to a six, right? And when you and I see this, do you know what really happens? You and I are pulling torque from the math. We are pulling torque from the math because we see a pattern that excites us. It dilates us. And because the pattern in the math dilates us, it makes us feel more magical, more dilated, more magical, more dilated, more magical. Why do you think Edward Kelly was looking at John D going, yo, mate, if you want me to tell you what kind of angel writing's here, I'm going to have to shag your wife. Now, some of you might think that's a con. Well, no, James, he's just like totally lying to you. What if he's right? What if Edward Kelly is literally saying, I can only define... The secrets of the Enochian language by boffing your wife because it dilates me. And while I'm doing it, I'm going to need you to watch, John D. I'm going to need you to sit in that chair, and I'm going to need you to watch. And John D's like, are you fucking insane? There's no way I'm doing that. And so wherever Kelly goes, oh, I guess you don't want the secrets to Enochian magic, then, do you? And you know what? Ever Kelly goes home. I got to run. Yeah, I got to uh, take my... my uh, my mule to the vet yeah he's uh gonna have dental he's got some bad te- you're gonna put him uh put him under general anesthesia and, and uh, get his teeth clean so edward keller leaves and now john d is there alone contemplating god man i guess i didn't really want to know inakia magic that's what he thinks and when he starts to process the all the things that he's learned and written about magic, he's like, fuck, it's all about sacrifice. It's all about this. It's all about that. And what happens the next morning, Edward Kelly comes in with his coffee. Good morning, boss. We're going to translate some, uh, some, some magic scrawling today, are we? And John D's like, I think I want to watch you do my wife. And you know what goes through Edward Keller's mind? He's like, fuck, I had no idea that would work. I had no idea. Wow. Guess I'm going to go do John D's wife now. And now there is a torque inside Edward Kelly that has never, ever been seen before. Edward Kelly is now manifested inside of his true power. He's like, look at how freaking powerful I am. I can tell the Queen's private magician... That I need to have sex with his wife. And he's telling me this morning. Yeah. It sounds like a good idea. Not only that. He's asked to bring a sketch artist. Right? Because they didn't have cameras back then. So he's asked to bring a jester a who. On the side. A gesture. Mostly, you're, mostly you've got your gesturing work. But uh, you know. A jester will reach, branch out. And one of the gestures has a side business. Where he does portrait illustrations. And you had to ask the gesture because this is a pretty weird portrait, right? It's pretty weird. It's like, "Yes, I'd like to commission you for a portrait." Oh, this sounds lovely. What's the subject? It's my wife. Oh, I've seen her. She's beautiful. Yes. Yes, yes. Is this be outside or inside? Landscape or portrait? It's like I'd like a nice landscape from the foot of the bed. Oh, uh, repose how risque. Hmm, and Jody's like, "Yeah, you don't even know." what I'm about to tell you, not only is she on the bed, but she's being buffed by this gentleman right here. Uh Uh-oh, oh, so two subjects, you know, two subjects are a lot more in a sketch, of course. He's like, yes, but there's actually three, because the magic of three requires that I be sitting in a stool watching. I'm not actually being silly as much as I'm trying to convey this idea of Torque. We capitalize on belief and we use props. We use props in the world to capitalize on those beliefs. And those props don't have to be tangible. They could be numbers. They could be names. They could be letters. They can be dates. They can be clothing. They could be kisses from girls. Most of your good fortune, when you read the old-timey West stories. so many cowboys are describing to you, yeah, before I left town, this pretty girl said have a good trip and i just knew that was a good omen i mean the power that we all possess to bequeath and give magic to each other is profound but because we're constantly trying to offload that power and place it into these other furniture pieces we end up losing the true magic of it we end up giving all that power to someone else now a person can be magical but they have to die first. That's just how we do it. We're like, oh yeah, that dude? Well, is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Oh, he's a t- total magician. That dude had some serious power. He's dead, right? Okay, yeah, he had some serious magical power, man. That dude was like lit with magical power. It was in his bones and his veins. He's dead, right? Okay. And, and it's it's just true. Look around. How many saints do you know that were like, walking around like I'm a saint? Hey, look, it's St. John. Hey, guys. I'm out here doing my exercises. St. John, it's so great to see you. Yeah, I know. Don't forget to uh, eat your greens, right? We can't have this kind of power. We need the technology around us to insert the power into. I'm not even saying this wrong. I just want you to know how the science works. I want you to know how the torque works, I should say. The torque works. And one of the biggest proofs for that is watching what we've done as a country. Watching what we've done. This is the Violet Ray device created by Tesla. There's a image of it shown down below. Now, uh, Tesla was not... We can't actually say that he was the only person that came up with this concept, but he was, certainly was one of them, right? It's like 1908 or something he had... Uh, Showing No, 1896 or something. He was showing this idea off at the World's Fair. <coughs> and on the right, if I had more time, I would have underlined the exact sentence that I wanted you to hear, which basically, this is a notice of judgment. Uh, <clears throat> the Honorable Court of uh, Boston hereby elicits the following nature of charge. Misbranding, Section 502A, certain statements in the above-mentioned booklets accompanying the article were false and misleading. The statement represented and suggested that the article was an adequate and effective treatment for excessive fatigue with aching muscles, cramps, overweight, drowsiness during the day undue cold hands and feet, low metabolism, falling hair, and jittery nerves. The article was not an adequate and effective treatment for such conditions. The article was misbranded while held for sale after shipment in interstate commerce, January 14th, 1954. The disposition on this case was quite simple. It was a default decree of condemnation and destruction of device. <clears throat> Our government was actively working to destroy this device. And, and when I say active, I, I mean active. Me, I mean, I got to... The other slide's like 10 slides down because I haven't had a chance to... Uh, I mean active. It was 1893 when Tesla first introduced the prototype. 1906, the FDA was born. In the very first case of the attack on on the – okay, before – I need to set this up. Before we talk about this, I need you to understand that you're an electric being. Most of you know that. And that uh, one of the important factors if you're going to deny your own magic is you cannot be an electric being. Okay, the easiest way to not have magic is to be like, I am a hydraulic being. I have no magical electricity inside me at all, except for some minor incidental electrical things that occur through uh, like my entire neuropathways. But other than that, I'm completely not, not electric at all. This is what, This is what people are saying. And when you look at what the violet ray device was doing, the violet ray device was not actually inserting anything inside the body was simply distributing a plasma field into the body to allow the body to do what it wanted to do. If anything, it was shedding light on the body. <laughs> if anything, the violet ray device was illuminating the body. And we couldn't have that. We had to have a war on that. It was a brutal war. Lasted for three decades. 1933, Universal Microscope Company. I'm sorry, <clears throat> 1943. We'll get to right for a sec. 1943. California, Lawndale Laboratories. Defendant having entered a plea and not guilty, the case came before trial before the court. At the conclusion of the testimony, the court found defendant guilty. And on 322, look at that, 322, talk about talk. 1943, imposed a fine of $250. It's a pretty minor fine, right? And there's no destruction. This was the very first one, the very first case. 10 years later, 11 years later, Smithsonian's publishing... Royal Rifes work in their magazine. you I think we're gonna to get to him here in a sec. I just just keep that in context. Nineteen forty nine, Washington, June sixth, Mahda Brown, claimant, having consented to the entry of decree, judgment of condemnation, ordered that the device be released under bond for relabeling under the supervision of the Federal Security Agency. Nineteen forty nine, in Minnesota. While this is happening in Washington, in Minnesota, August 4, 1949, Master Appliances of Chicago consented to the entry of decree, judgment of condemnation when entered. The court ordered that the devices be released under bond for relabeling under the supervision of the FSA. We're going to get to this relabeling. This relabeling is really important. Did it stop in the 40s? Of course not. 1951, Master Appliances. The court ordered that the devices be released to the FDA. This is the very first time. They want your device now. They want your device now, in, starting in fifty-one, That was in Maryland, same time in Pennsylvania. Electrotechnic Products, different company, default degree, combination, and destruction device. 1953, New York, Master Appliances, default degree of combination and destruction device. 1954, Indiana, Master Appliances, defending having under plea guilty, uh, $2,000 plus cost. Ohio disposition, default destruction device for colo products. Kentucky colo products, delivered to, uh, device delivered to the FDA. 1960, Henry Amundsen personally held, held liable. Consent claimed. Disposition, New Life Incorporated claimant filed an answer denying the article was misbranded. Thereafter, on 1114, claimant having consented, the court entered a decree of condemnation. The article was delivered to the FDA for destruction. 61, Renew Life, same thing so for 30 years, we had a, an assault on anyone that was trying to suggest that the body is an electrical device, or more importantly, that the body could somehow be healed through electrical stimulation, which is pretty hypocritical. And the war didn't end. It's still going on today, even today. The FDA has banned some commercial available EMT devices, electromagnetic therapy or something like that, Uh, Vibe Technology, BioResearch, Tumor Therapy, Cellcom, Rife Machine, Zapping Machine, EMP Pad, UXLRX, the Rebuilder, and the EPFX device. These are as late as 2012. It's been nonstop, holds barred. No. You don't get to tell us what you think medicine is. You don't get to do that. And this is the same same. Most of these are cancer treatment stuff. And the FDA has spent over 100 years fighting to keep these treatments exclusive and proprietary. Look, these are the treatments that that are the only ones that are allowed. You can have surgery, 45% success. You can have chemotherapy, 28% success. You can have radiotherapy, 27% success. And the idea right, has always been, well, gems, these people are making claims and people are are like wasting valuable time that they could be saving their life by pursuing claims that, that may not be true. And so you presented this idea that, okay, so we're here to save people because we want to make sure that they have the fastest, most correct information available. Is, is that the gist? And the answer is yeah. That's the gist. That's why the FDA has to do this. Because otherwise all these devices would be there. And the consumers wouldn't have like an Amazon review site to look at. They wouldn't have like a testimonial. They wouldn't have like videos where all these other people are reviewing. How would they be able to know all those things? So the FDA has to come in and tell us what's magical and what's not magical. And the FDA doesn't want this stuff to be magical. And we can say it's because the FDA is evil. I'm fine with it. Okay, that's fine. But we are the FDA. We make the FDA. Our collective psyche spits out an eager gore that looks like the FDA. And that same FDA three years ago spent an eight-hour open source debate that anyone could watch, the most boring thing I've ever had to sit through, And I sat through that thing waiting for them to actually discuss the efficacy of vaccines and the alternative therapies that could be introduced before COVID. And not once did the subject ever come up. So we can't say that the FDA is them. We really can't say that. We are living in a consensual world with these things. This is where I lose most of my viewers. They're like, you gotta stop saying that, dude. I really want them to be the bad guy. And you want them to be the evil person as much as you want the sacred digital pen to be what makes you a magical artist. That you found the ring of Endor, the pen of Endor. Another reason why I thought Tolkien was just just a... blow hard. it's because he's walking around just like and you're magical and you're magical you're not practical but you're magical and why would an eagle fly you to drop the ring off to save the world when he can just pick you up after you've walked perilously for four fucking hours right because it's magical because the ring is magical and there's only one what is tolkien doing he's telling you There's a proprietary medicine called my precious. And if you secure the proprietary medicine and put it inside on your finger, you will live. And this is what the pharmaceutical industry is. They're torquing the magic, aren't they? And you can call them evil, but they're doing the same thing you and I do every day. The same ways that we invoke our own magic. They're doing the same. What's different is that they're charging you money for it. They're feeding their own families as a result. And when you look at the number of cancer, right, those numbers are pretty bleak, right? 28% for chemotherapy, 27% for radionics or something like that. You start to look at what the placebo effect is in relation to that, right? And you come up with this uh, pretty ridiculous number. People often ask, what percentage is placebo effect? Robert Buckham, clinical oncologist, professor of medicine, that placebos are extraordinary drugs seem to have some effect on almost every symptom known to mankind and work in at least a third of the patients and sometimes up to 60%. And the entire fight against the violet ray device was that you were claiming that you can help heal things and the things that the violet ray device was claiming to heal would fall under the realm of placebo device. Not only would it fall under that realm, (laughs) but we have those devices now. This is a transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, people. you know what it's used for? It promised that it would reduce pain, is what it said it would do, and it said it would prove effective in clinical studies, and it did. And so do the violet ray device. This is a version of the violet ray device. It's emitting a pulse of electrons into you. It's not a plasma. It's not as fancy as a plasma, but this is okay. FGA has no problem with this. None at all. Morse fish bean, the kingpin of American medicine. This dude shows you how the AMA works. Uh, director of the AMA going around saying, yeah, I'll approve your drug. And then right after uh, he says that he will approve them, before he actually gives them the approval, he offers them an opportunity to advertise in the AMA's magazine. And if you say no, he pulls your claim. It's not a rumor. You can Wikipedia that. The drug was, one of the drugs, one of many drugs, was called Maulin. I don't have that listed here, but I'm almost positive it's spelled like this, M-O-U-L-A-N might not be spelled like that. Now I'm thinking about Mulan, but it's like Maulmolin or something like that. It's just one of many drugs though. One of many instances like this. You guys know that though. It's not a It's not a business, it's a torque. Now, I don't want this to turn into an episode where we just talk about how bad the AMA is because it's preaching to the choir. I really want to get back into the actual magic of this. The actual magic of what 369 is has nothing to do with the number 369. It has everything to do with how much torque you and everyone around you places in it. And the best way to print, to prove that, in my opinion, is the Sator Square. A Rotas Sator Square or Templar Magic Square, whatever you call it. It's a two-dimensional cross class of word square containing a five-word Latin palindrome. For those on the podcast, it says Sator at the top from left to right and Sator... On the left from bottom to from top to bottom and on the bottom right you have Sator spelled backwards completing this and then you end up with some interesting ideas in the middle of this word comes the word tenant spelled both ways vertical and horizontal forming a cross then you have the word opera spelled forward and backwards underneath it this forms a perfect uh, uh, square hence the magic square the reason why I want you to see that this is magic this is both magic and it's not. What do I mean by that? There is a stone. There is an ancient piece of limestone in a museum in Rome that has a little plaque on it. And the plaque says, the Sator Square, sometimes called the Templar Magic Square, is a two-dimensional acrostic class of word square containing a five-word pattern. It says that. And the reason why there's like a little tiny label Underneath the exhibit where this stone is, the reason why you see this stone, the reason why this stone has survived for thousands of years when several other limestones are not, meaning that we we don't put them in a museum, is because of the torque of belief. The fact is, is that if you were to scrawl something that had torque in it inside a stone, that stone now lives longer. And this is proof. The stone is getting fame right now in episode 369 of James True Live. Even today, people are scrolling over this thing, saying, wow, that's cool. Someone just said in the the comments, that's fucking awesome stone, says Wild Weasel Russell. Exactly. Exactly. And what is Wild doing? He's paying homage to it. He's giving it some torque. And that torque is a bank now. It has a, a... We need to stop thinking about magic as invisible, intangible energy. I'm telling you that this is a thermodynamic equation. All of magic is. It's why you really need ego to start to see these things. Because the electricity of ego is used for you to render the plasma truth of where this magic stuff lies. And you see this torque happening every day. You see people charging or removing charge from a source. Biden is one of those. It's a capacitor, right? It's a battery. Be able to pull and, and release a charge. The American flag. The sator stone, right? That. Now, let's say that this sator stone was was wrong. Let's say that instead of the uh, uh, tenant in the middle, let's say that instead of tenant, it said uh, uh, tensed. So T E N S T. I would put forth to you that we would not know about this stone. In fact, I would argue that someone did do that. That someone accidentally, he was watching his kids that day because his wife had to go grab some more water from the well and her neck was sore because she carries the water on her fucking head. And so the guy had to take the kids to work that day to his stone cutting job. He's in the stone cutting job. The kids are messing around in the uh, remnants pile, right? And meanwhile, there's a nice client who's looking to put in a new... Uh, countertop in her guest bathroom and the kids are messing around. He's yelling at them because he doesn't want them to embarrass him. And what does he do? He carves an S in where the E should be. It's a pretty long story. Sorry, but he does that. And I would say to you that that stone we don't see. Do you see it? I don't see it. And there's not a museum that says, Hey, look, look at this guy. He's having a bad day. He's having to watch his kids and carve the, it, that. That doesn't happen. The torque isn't there. That stone was there, but it was reused for something else. It was filler in a Roman wall somewhere. That's what happened to it. It was used as filler. Why? Because the torque wasn't right. Why? Because the letters weren't in the right order. Does that mean the letters are magic? No, (laughs) no. I can certainly see how you would think that. I could certainly see how how a mass group of lemmings, would would, I'm not calling you lemming, but I'm saying that a mass group of population would uh, attribute the magic to being, well, it's because you scrawled the sacred thing and the right thing. And I'm telling you the exact same mentality that thinks that way is the exact same mentality that ends up saying, yes, Edward Kelly, you can boff my wife while this gesture illustration artist part-time comes in and watches us and I have to be here sitting on a stool too because I really want and magic. What do you think five boosters is? What do you think five boosters is? Right? Two boosters was, I got to, the second booster was, hey, I need to come in and boff your wife. That was the second booster. And the third booster is, yeah, I need to photograph you watching me. Fourth booster is, yeah, when I photographed you last time, you weren't smiling enough. If you really want the Sinokian language to work, Edward, I need you to be smiling. Fifth booster is I need you to be giving me a high five while I'm doing your wife. And every one of those, what is Edward Kelly doing? He's pulling more torque, more torque, more torque, more torque. A more a torquium is what's needed. But John D. doesn't have the balls. Why? Because he evacuated his magic by believing it existed inside a stone. Are inside a number can you inhabit and pull from the torque of fetish like this of course you can I mean fetish in a good way sidebar fetish fetish just means literally two things stuck together that someone uh, uh, has a plasmatic uh, algorithm related to right that's the basic definition of amulet, is fetish, right? Well, what do you mean? It's, it's a bottle cap with a piece of leather string around it. No, it's an amulet from summer camp. No, it's a bottle cap with a piece of leather. No, it's an amulet from Camp Capulet. And we saw, uh, anyway. The girls camp, the Montagues, was on the other side of the lake. Pretty amazing. It'd be a cool little uh, spin-off for Romeo and Juliet. The FDA is using the exact same magic of tort that you are. And that FDA is actually responding to the eager gore of most people, which is, me want magic, but me not want to have bone magic. Me want you bequeath magic to me. And that's really what pills are. That's really what most medicine is. You're coming to someone else. And what you're really doing when you're going to the pharmacist saying, Hi, I'd like to unlock my own magic, but I'm going to need you to give me permission. And the pharmacist is like, Oh, yeah, I got you, got you, got you. So these magic beans, if you take these magic beans, they'll be okay. And your body's like, Oh, okay. You've given yourself permission to unlock the magic. Does that mean that the beans don't work? Of course not. You're you're just as naive if you think that. They do work. But the reason why they work, this is so hard to grasp because it's such a fine point that relies us to understand where something intangible is because we want to touch things. We live in a world where we want to touch these things, but the magic is not the tangibility of that touchable stone. The magic is in all the torque that's been inserted into that stone by everyone else around you. This is why having a first edition of a certain book is considered magical. Because all the torque has to come through the intersection of your first addiction that you have on your shelf. Which gives you this affinity that you are closer to the works of whoever it is than anyone else. It gives you an affinity to that work. When people buy my books, one of the reasons why they buy my books is because they want something tangible in their house. Because when they have that book on their shelf, the next time they see it, they will feel the charge of chapter four. They won't know the words. They won't remember the words. They won't even necessarily connotate or c- connected to that. But now they have a beacon, a lighthouse on their bookshelf that's giving them prana. If that is not a reason to go buy my books right now, I don't know what is. Reading these titles is pulling all of that book. It's a cliff note check-in of that torque. You You were withdrawing the torque from that book just by reading the title. And you can't do it too much. This is the magic of potlatch, right? Indians were like... Well yes, today is the day of potlatch. I'm going to show you my sacred turtle shell. Is everyone ready? Is everyone ready for the potlatch ceremony? And people are like, oh my god, let's get ready to happen. He's gonna show his turtle shell. He's going to tell, he's going to tell, he's going to tell, he's going to tell. He is going to tell. He's going to tell, he's going to tell, he's going to tell, he's going to tell. He is going to tell. Now you've set up this paradigm where you're about to unleash something. You're about to reveal something. This is the magic of the stage. This is why theater needs a curtain. This is why uh, a meal needs a cleanser, a palate cleanser, right? And so the potlatch ceremony is the displaying of potlatch, it's a presentation, right? And do you know by not being able to see it, do you know what's really happening right now? Every one of you guys is putting torque into this box. A lot of you were like, there's a turtle shell in there. There's a turtle shell in there. right? Some of you were like, there ain't no turtle shell in there. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. The fact that you're giving witness to what's inside this box is giving it all the torque it needs. Do you realize that the worst thing that I could do right now is open this box? You understand? The worst thing I could do to hurt the magic of this turtle shell is to open this box. You know it. I know it. This is the magic of, uh, of uh, potlatch, by the way. This is the reason why Indians only show their magic once a year. It's also why it's so insulting that there's a potlatch museum in Washington. Fucking sickos. Where you go in from 9 to 5 and you can pick your nose and you can drink soda and you can look at all the potlatch as it's just superficially displayed forever. It's the elimination of Parthenia. It's the raping of Parthenia. I'm telling you, those museums are raping the Parthenia of it. It was declared illegal by the US government for Indians to have a potlatch ceremony. Think about how powerful that magic was when it became illegal to show it, right? Just profound, profound. And do you think the FDA doesn't know this stuff? I need a moment to find a slide. <clears throat> you think the FDA doesn't isn't aware of this stuff? Long and tender, does it 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 long and does it does it why oh, love come on don't tell me I don't have it oh, I can't believe I can't find it there it is there it is just didn't have a picture with it Okay. Radionics. Uh, One of the... uh, Who we're talking about? Albert Abrams, American neurologist, who believed this machine could, from sample blood, hair, or even handwriting, determine a patient's sex, race, financial status, religion, and underlying cause of illness. His therapeutic machines were hermetically sealed and were not sold, only leased on the condition that they never be opened." Now, a skeptic would eat this up. A skeptic would take this article into the bathroom and pleasure themselves over how obvious this was that these people are frauds. And what Abrams is doing here is inserting torque into the belief of his radionics machine. (gasps) I'm going to show, get ready. The entire show changes when I show you what's in this box. The placebo effect requires mystery. The placebo effect requires mystery. Placebo is real. Science not only verifies it, science fights against it to find what makes their pharmaceutical good or bad. It's the mystery, and that's why this stuff works. That's why this stuff works. Whoops. That's why this stuff works. Abracadabra. One of the oldest spells for stopping a fire in your house is the scrawling of abracadabra, and then abracadabra, and then abracadab, and then abracadabra, and abracad, abracah, abrac, abra, obr, abra, ab, and a. Ah. That creating that abracadabra Triangle is considered the oldest form of fire protection, believe it or not. It's a form of potlatch. One of the oldest Christian mystical symbols. Right? That later would develop into the Cairo is this idea of the wheel, the way. This is really the true birth of Christianity is this wheel, the way. And when the Greek noticed that they could spell Christ, that they could spell uh, uh, Jesus Christ, God, Son, Savior, in Greek and combine them all into a simple sigil that would fit on the shield, well, we're off to the races now. Let's go conquer England. Screw the Gauls. Let's go kick some Druid ass, right? What is the uh, Roman tattoo? For those in the military, right? We don't actually know what the tattoo was, but it might have been SPQR. It's another torque, right? Just like a book on the shelf, you've got this tattoo on your arm and you're able to pull torque from it. Not only are you able to pull torque from it, a really important part of this is because you're wearing this sigil, other people who want to, this is a biggie that's hard for people to understand. There are people out there, today. I'm going to sit back and tell you something here. There are, people, <laughs> there are people out there today that don't want their power. And they're wandering around, they're looking for a place to put their electricity. No different than a consumer, a consumer walks into the food court and says, I want to lose money right now, and I want to be thirsty in 35 minutes. What can I get here that will take my money and make me thirsty in 35 minutes? And they go through the food court and they pick which one they want to give their energy to. Most of the world has this kind of prana economy. And you as an arbiter of prana, you as the FDA, would capitalize on that if you were efficient. And so it's hard for me to even say it's morally wrong because if anything, the FDA is having more respect for your torque of belief than you are. Maybe not you, but the average person. That the average person, if anything, is wandering around saying, please take my belief away. And someone like Rockefeller is like, I'll take it. I think there's a lot of valuable product in your belief. While the person who's believing it's like, well, I don't. I need to get rid of it. And then tomorrow when I'm sick, I need to come back to you and ask for your permission to utilize this bad force that's inside of me. And the whole time, he's now the collector of that prana. And why would he not be? He's living in a world where everyone's shedding it everywhere. Where they're throwing it out the window like a... Like a piss bucket. Where all their energy is being just dumped. Because they consider it waste. Consider it some sort of... uh, Product that's a problem. Right? An excess that has to be gotten rid of. No offense to... uh, you're in therapy in this. There's a whole torque there. Most of our medicine is torque. Do you realize that every single uh, athlete that you that you watch who's on a professional level is most of their focus? I mean, of course, the body is crucial. Uh, Their physical stamina, their fast-twitch muscles, all that is absolutely crucial. But all of those things are actually sharpening their own torque of belief. And when you look at what they're all doing to be on the very, very top, they're practicing this really vital uh, psychology, winning psychology. And this winning psychology, believe it or not, is James True's technology belief. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same phenomenon. Right? You know, the irony of the Sator Stone is that the center, tenet, the definition of tenet is a principle of belief or a, jo- a doctrine that's generally held to be true. And I've said this before, but what is true is not nearly as important in the technology of belief as, as what you can believe. What is believable is based on how comfortable you are. You choose your beliefs. Thank you, Graham. You choose your beliefs. You choose the things that you want to uh, to. To make as uh, helpful or constructive to your magic, right? Someone else sent a a chat. I know they did, and I was right in the middle of a sentence. So I couldn't say. It. But guys, thank you for the chats. I this is really uh, this really helps. I just had to buy a new computer today, and I I uh, it won't let me scroll up that far. Dang it! Someone sent me a big one in YouTube, and I. I I didn't get a chance to say thank you. Sorry. This torquing, though, comes back to this uh, this definition. It's just so ironic. There's a lot of these Satori squares, right? Many of them work in magical... (laughs) Where is my mouse? Many of them work in magical ways, too. I mean, through numbers, right? Here's your 3x3 sator. Here's your 4x4, right? So all of these, all the columns add up to 15, right? Horizontally, diagonally, vertically. Here's a 4x4. All the squares add up to 34, right? 5x5. 6x6. 7x7 all equal 175. 8 by 8 all point to 260. What is 260? Remember Venus? Remember the cycle of Venus? 8 by 8. And my favorite, 9 by 9 is 369. The magic square uh, constant on a 9 by 9 square is 369. You know what my favorite part about these magic squares are? Something that most modern man doesn't actually have. The 3x3 magic square has one solution. There's only one opportunity where a 3x3 could equal 15. Right? This one, there's only one. And most of us in the world, when you're dealing with low calories, you like to consider things in ones you like to consider solutions, you like to consider all these things and just limitations of ones. And one of the most profound things which I think points to the Torque of Belief is, is that there's more than one solution to these magic squares. That there's a different order that you can get to achieve the same thing, except for the three by three. This is the only order basically that you can find, but not four by four. There are 880 solutions to this, 880 different variations that can give you the same magic square. That's a lot. It's so much that I don't think that you could contemplate it. In fact, the magician would see that there are 880 solutions to the 4x4 square, and it would instantly say, well, that square is not that square is not very magical. There could be only one, says the Highlander, right? There can be only one. And that's the beauty of magic. Nothing in nature works that way, where there can be only one. There's literally nothing in nature that works that way. If anything would work that way, you'd find a piece of gold that there's only one piece. You'd find that walruses had to go to a a central walrus convention to have a discussion about whether or not they can fart above the Arctic Circle and it hurt the environment or not. None of that happens, right? There are 369 free octominos polyminos of of an order eight. What is that? You can unfold a polygon in the plane made of eight equal size squares connected edge to edge. And by unfolding it, you get 369 different octamines. Now, if I wanted to take all of my magic and put it into something else and say, this thing has the magic, I might choose the polyamine approach. And I might come in On High Magic on Saturday, a podcast we do, I might try and pull the torque from my friend Sark by saying, Well, Sark, the 369 polytomines that exist in a folded sheet of paper really prove the adequate implications of utilizing 369 as some sort of magical equation. And that that kind of newness, that kind of information can be used as a sort of collector plate at a church where I wander around collecting the torque of a certain belief from certain people knowing that, well, Sark has a lot of torque, so I'll just blah, 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 blah. And I will put his magic in my belly, something we talk about a lot here. What are you doing when you have a pill? You're taking the pill and you're taking Rockefeller's magic and you're putting it in your belly. You're ingesting the torque of that belief in your belly. This is all the mind really is—is is a mimetic belly, right? A mimetic stomach, so to speak. You can find torque in all kinds of numbers, and more importantly, you can find negative torque in all kinds of numbers. Thank you, Liz London. The magic of 369 is the torque you can pull from the number. The more you find harmony with the number, the more torque you can muster. Opposite is true too, right? 666 has a kind of torque. It does. You could put 666 on the back of your car, or even better, because it's one thing for you to scrawl 666 on the back of your car. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. But it's quite another when you can... So you get more torque from something when it happens through fate, Hear me out. I can go to the driver's license office and they can give me a license plate and that license plate can say 666. And when the lady puts it on the counter and she's filling it all out and she's putting the numbers down, she looks and she sees 666. She looks at me and she's like, oh, do, do you want to get a different plate? And, and if she picks up a different plate and hands it to you and it's got the number 13 on it, what the fuck are you going to do now? Now what, you can ask for a third plate? Okay, so you did, and then she gives you 4 to 1. So now you're like, "Oh, thank God. 4 to 1, I'm safe." So what just happened? You just had three transactions, three magical transactions, and she helped. I hope you guys are appreciating this because I swear this shit's true. This is really how the electricity works. The psychology of this works. And when we when we understand the terrain of what witness really is, there's an entire world of witness, and it's not just human witness. You need to think about plants. You need to think about every single piece of ivy is the same entity. Do you understand? One of the reasons why plants agree to live a kind of what you would consider a lower form of life is because they tap into every other piece of ivy all over the world at the same time. It's like a simultude kind of a connection. I'm getting off track here. <clears throat> But when we understand the landscape of what consciousness really is, we see where the power of all this torque actually comes from. We actually find out where it comes from. And it comes from this landscape. There's waterfalls of torque shedding down from Mount 666. And when we go inside there, they're like, what do you want to have lunch today? It's like, let's go to 666. I love that place. Yeah, there's a lot of loiterers there. I know, but it's still fun. So let's go. What about 421? Let's go hang out on the magic of 421. 421. And it's it's not nearly as fun of a time. There's no view, there's not a big crowd there, right? It's a different kind of texture altogether. So 432, right? The magic harmony of the universe. So there's a number, you were four three one is so close. Oh, if only it was four three two. But meanwhile, go back. Go back. Go back, not to the thirteen plate, go back to six six six. Wind yourself back to where that lady throws 666 on the counter starts filling out the form and goes, oh, 666, do you want me to give you a new plate? And you lean in and you go, no. No, I don't want you to give me a new And you say it just like that. You're like, no, I don't want you to give me a new plate. <laughs> and you're going to watch ripples in time and space. And the first wave of that tsunami will come inside her eyes when she looks at you because she just watched something unheard of. She just watched you claim torque and she was trying to bequeath torque into this number by helping save you from it. Wasn't she? Wasn't she? Look at what a good person I am. (laughs) Dodged a bullet here. You almost had six, six, six. And what are you doing? You're saying bullets, Bullets, they are my cereal. I eat bullets for breakfast, my friends. Cornflakes, no, I like bullet flakes. They're very tasty. They're a lot of fiber. And that you become the pinnacle of 666. You take that number and you say, I will take all of the torque that is surrounding this number at all times. And you hold it. And when you drive, you realize... People are driving around and they're going to see your 666 and they're going to be kind of like, they're going to react differently to your car. You're not going to know. You're not going to be in their head. You're not going to have the saturation to go into their head and see that that's what they're thinking. You're never going to see it happening. Why? Because it's as intangible as these neurological agencies that exist above the neurons. This kind of thing that I'm talking about, we can never touch, which is why over half the population can't even be here during this stream. But you will find, the clever magician, the conservationalist, will find that the energy of 666 is the energy of the mushroom. And why am I out here saying, Only apples are good. Mushrooms are evil. They are the evil scorn of all that is here. And you're missing it. You're missing it. And as you start to play with the torque of the numbers, you start to understand that the... the, cavity of the sine wave is absolutely crucial for the crest of that magic to work. That without the cavity first, the crest will not have torque. And what is that cavity? Negativity. The fear of 666 is the exact source of its power. And so many things utilize this kind of magic And so many of the things that utilize this kind of magic are actually built into the medical industry. They are built into it. I want to remind you all that the AMA and the FDA were suing the Violet Ray Company because they were, see if I can find the quote here. I I really wish I would have had this episode ready, guys. Sorry about that. Um, Here it is. Here it is. Here it comes. Uh, The American Cancer Society reported that the Rife machine was being sold as a pyramid-like multi-level marketing scheme. And they even admit that Rife never claimed that it would cure cancer. They went after him anyway. All Rife was saying was that it devitalizes disease organisms and living tissue. But the ACS couldn't have that. And their only beef wasn't that he was making false accusations. Their beef was that he was creating a pyramid-like multi-level marketing scheme. And this is the American Society Cancer Society's multi-level organizational chart. And I've circled the one little area where they actually do research. And do you realize that it's not actually research? It's intramural, intramural research. You know that, that when you're in school, right? You've got like... A varsity tennis team. You've got like a varsity basketball team, right? And then you have junior varsity, right? Right. So you've got varsity, then you've got junior varsity. And then what do you have below that? You have intramural. What is intramural? It's not serious. No one's taking this seriously. This isn't like professional. We're not doing this professionally. That the American Cancer Society has never once been here to intramurally, to research things professionally. In fact, if you look at these columns, and please take your time, look at these columns, you'll see that most of these are funding or politics. The top three positions are financial. The president himself is not in charge of the research. The president is actually in charge of federal advocacy. (laughs) Advocacy, government relations, policy analysis, state and local campaigns. This is a multi-level pyramid marking scheme. The FDA has a pyramid. The FDA says that in order for you to distribute medical information now in a new age where we have mobile devices, that every single piece of medical advice is going to have to be enforced by us. The FDA is the top of the pyramid now, and this is coming. Now, if you want to make an app that has some sort of medical advice, you have to make sure it doesn't say you have medical advice. Nature Reviews drug discovery website even explains to you how this pyramid works. There's a target selection in drug discovery. And the context of this is really important. You'll notice that target selection is at the top, only coming next to portfolio balance, only coming next to research and development strategy, only coming next to the business strategy, only coming next to what the corporate strategy was before all of these things started. Why? Because the context, the most important thing here, is that the stakeholders, the legal factors, the political factors, and the consumers are what ultimately determines the target selection for what we discover in new drugs. And notice how the consumers are patients and doctors, that the doctors themselves are patients. They're not colleagues, are they? Doctors aren't colleagues, they're patients. I have five minutes to get this over with, meaning to finish. I don't mean like what I mean is I got dojo notice in the FDA pyramid efficacy, only comes below intellectual property rights. And the biggie is safety. It's taken us three years ago, I wouldn't have put this side on safety because I don't think you guys would have understood it, but the principle of public safety is really just another juggernaut for mafia, isn't it? That by holding the pinnacle of safety, you hold the keystone. You are the key master because you now get to determine what is safe and more importantly, what must be done for the effort of public safety, right? Right. And which brings us to what I hope is the climax of this. I really hope you'll understand why all this matters. This is not a superficial label. That when you understand the science of torque, that what we've been talking about, you truly get how profoundly powerful this supplemental fact is that's placed on anything Anything that tries to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease has a label that insists it doesn't. Supplemental facts: If a dietary supplement label includes a structure-functional claim, it must be paired with a disclaimer that FDA has not evaluated the claim. That's one thing to say FDA has not evaluated, but the FDA wants more. The FDA is saying not only have we not evaluated the claim, but that the dietary supplement is not intended. To diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. This is the ultimate torque of belief. And everyone who pays taxes pays prana into this torque, making it more true. This is true not because of the truth. It's true because of the landscape of belief. That's what makes this true. And that when you see this label on something, it has destroyed the magic that it contains. And that if someone truly cared about you, someone truly cared about you. And they knew you weren't feeling well, and they knew that you wanted to go get a supplement, and they watched this episode, and they happened to be going, because I'm not saying we all have to like kill ourselves to help each other. But what you could do to really help the magic of this thing is to purchase that supplement, take it home, empty the contents of that supplement, place it in a different container, put a label on that container, and write down on the fucking label. Ask Debbie in chat how this works with water, and she'll show you that you write down on the fucking label what it is this is supplement is going to do. And then you give it to your friend and not only should you give it to them, believe it or not, you should take money from them for it. This is why I don't have a lot of sympathy for like, well, how come everything you don't just do is free? It's like, cause if you are not bringing a sacrifice to the table, why the fuck should I show you my potlatch? Why? Do we want a world where everything is worthless? Do we want a world where everyone makes sure that they pucker up their belief system and do not ingest it into anything any of us do because it's too busy going into fucking labels? Like this one? Because this world is covered in magic. It is dripping, saturated, covered in magic. And it's all over our government. It's all over our politics. It's all over our religion. And it's all over you. And you are Carrie on the stage and the blood of magic is pouring on you and you feel embarrassed and you need to open your mouth and drink. You need to take that plate and say, not only do I want 666, but I'm going to kiss it. I'm going to put this magic in my belly. And you start putting 666 everywhere. You start thinking about 666. And then you discover that carbon, the atomic weight is 6. The electron orbit is 6. The uh, uh, proton orbit is 6. It's 666 right there. That you are a carbon being. And you start to see what carbon footprint shaming is all about. You start to see that the entire process of hating carbon is putting all this energy into 666. And it's right there waiting for you to tap into it. And if you don't, William Devil Bill Rockefeller will. He will do it because you said that energy wasn't worth anything. And I would say that us denying that the medicine is real, denying that the magic is there is just as wrong as trying to capitalize on it. In fact, I'm having a hard time understanding that capitalizing on it is wrong. We need to do a whole show on Rockefeller. I admit it. I admit it. So much, but we can't right now. Shit, I gotta go. It's time for Dojo. Hope to see you there. Uh, Dojo, guys, I'm running late because I have to play the outro. I cannot let these people not have their, their flying horse right now. Love you guys. Thank you.